information contained in this podcast is an expression of opinion and does not constitute investment advice. This is the Gold Money Foundation podcast with Dominic Frisbee, keeping you up to date with expert opinion on precious metals and the markets. Hello and welcome to the Gold Money Foundation podcast hosted in association with Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. I'm sitting at a restaurant in Chelsea. I'm sitting having lunch with an old friend of mine. He is Martin Elements. Martin uh, has worked for many years in the venture capital business. He runs the company Elements Associates, and uh, that's been running since the early 1980s. And Martin, over the years, has raised hundreds of millions of dollars uh, for small companies. In his own words, some of them he cares to remember, some of them he cares to forget. He's from Liverpool, but he's based in Vancouver. And in terms of uh, small companies operating in the resources sector, uh, Martin's finger is very much on the pulse. And I wanted to start, Martin. Firstly, thank you very much for coming on the show. And I think a, a good place to start is to describe this this last year, because the end of 2010 was an absolutely fantastic period, and 2011, on the other hand, has, has been absolutely horrible for junior resources companies. I, I totally agree. Actually, it started out well. Even January and February weren't that bad. And then from, it would seem, the end of February coming into March, things definitely took a downturn, as, as they have on, on the global front in all uh, commodities, and it's been a very, very difficult uh, seven or eight months since then, of course. What, what do you make of what's going on? Do you, do you think the end is in sight? I mean, how does this compare to, you've lived through many bear markets in the resources sector, how does this compare? Well, it, it, they're, they're all different. I think the biggest single difference on this one is that the interest rates are so, so low, and there are unbelievable amounts of cash, historically just ridiculous amounts of cash, wanting to invest and not knowing what to invest in. And the other very significant point is there has been, uh, so far, other than the odd acquisition just recently, a total disconnect between the value of the gold, particularly gold, silver production of some of these companies, and there seems to be a disconnect between the companies themselves and the uh, commodity at hand. And reasons for that are all there's lots of different uh, uh, commenta commentaries on that of course one of them would be that people like Sprott Securities out of Toronto a well recognized very powerful very successful group and Eric himself is predicting unbelievable prices that we won't be getting into some of his prophecies but tremendous prices on metal uh, on the metal front he decided to do a fund where people could physically take delivery of these metals and that in itself has been taking away from a lot of these smaller stocks these mid to small capped uh, stocks publicly traded stocks themselves and that would be one reason why we've seen this uh, dis disconnect I believe ETFs and that kind of thing yes. other ways of owning physical metal yeah yes um, what I mean you, you talk to I mean, one of the things we discussed over lunch was why there hasn't been more takeovers and M&A activity. Did you have something to say about well, that? Well, I do, and I, I'm actually going to quote, and I don't have any interest in Sprott, by the way, personally, or anything to gain, but as it happens, two of the smartest men, in my opinion, in Canada, and therefore probably in the world when it comes to resource, particularly in the metals, would be John Emery, who has been with Sprott for many, many, many years, and uh, a, a good old friend of mine from a long, long time ago, Rick Rule, has recently been uh, taken over by Sprott. I think the acquisition was uh, close to, I think it was in the half billion uh, dollar range. 
um, and I am talking in approximate dollars here, but Rick and John, uh, both of them quoted in the last three or four weeks, that they cannot, they cannot believe that we're not seeing fever pitch activity with these larger uh, mining companies with with huge amounts of cash at hand, not buying up some of these mid-sized producers and ones that have good good uh, uh, um, uh, resources on on their books. They can't believe that there isn't more activity. And there was one just last week. So when there is activity, sometimes you see them 20, 30 percent higher than the trading stock. I think the last one was. Um, probably closer to a double and I heard last night someone saying they're aware of a resource deal that was taken out for three times what it was trading at. So I think that we are very, very close to seeing um, a lot of activity in that regard because these larger companies cannot find these metals for the same value they can buy out of the market. And I think it's really everybody's uh, standing waiting to see who's going to who's going to flinch first. But I do believe that we'll see a lot of activity in 212, uh, possibly as early as early 212 in acquisition. And that in itself will drive a lot of activity into these gold stocks and and other commodities as well, of course. I mean, some of those companies like BHP and Rio Tinto, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the amount of cash they're sitting on is, is, is unbelievable. Um, I have to say, if I was a billionaire, and uh, hopefully I will be one day, <laughs> But uh, if I was and I wanted and I didn't have any exposure to gold, you know, rather than going paying seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars an ounce and buying, you know, however many hundred millions of dollars worth, it's, it's easier just to go and buy it in the ground. I mean, you're paying so much less for it. I mean, you're taking on a whole new set of headaches by buying a mining company, but but it's just the cheapest way to buy gold at the moment. Exactly, that's the point. That's what John and Rick are saying, who are veterans and both done exceptionally well in life investing and making their monies with a lot of these resource stocks although Rick has recently been getting very involved in water um, which is another story for another day but uh, on the resource front I couldn't agree with you more Let, let's talk about gold for a second do, do you like gold are you a gold bug <laughs> um, I do at the moment um, there's been times in my life where I haven't, I've swore to myself I will never ever trade a gold stock again when it's dropped from one price down to a ridiculously low price and and I said because you can get the best team in the world, you can have the best properties in the world, you can have the best you know potential in the world and it's completely out of your control when gold drops you know uh, from $780 an ounce down to $220 an ounce and I said I'd never ever play gold again. Similar, which uh, that's an opportune time to talk about of a player uh, by the name of Jim Slater and he did uh, Galahad Gold, I think it was probably two or I, I'm going to give dates out here so please be patient with me. I don't know the exact dates when they sold Galahad Gold but at the time he said it's time to come out of gold and it's time to go into agriculture. I think it was 206, 7, yeah, something so, like yeah, that. Yeah, it was around about and, 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 and he, you know, he turned his back on gold and, and said, you know, this is done. And they've done exceptionally well, of course, with agriculture, with Agrofirma in Brazil, uh, buying up um, uh, properties there in arable land and making it arable land. And, of course, the returns have been absolutely phenomenal. But uh, with uh, Jacob Rothschild purchasing, I think, a, a public record, 69 or $70 million worth himself. So Jim is a very smart man and well-known, I'm sure, to a lot of the listeners. Good, bad, or indifferent, he plays to mixed reviews, but he's a very smart man at the end of the day. And in, in uh, 2009, October 2009, 
he wanted the public to know that he thought he, it was too compelling. He was going to go back into the gold uh, again. He said the story, the metal is just too compelling. And in it, on, if you Google uh, Jim Slater Gold, you'll see his interview on Sky, I think, where he said he thought gold was going to go to $2,000 an ounce. And shortly after making that broadcast, he reached back into the larder and with some friends of his and they put together a gold fund which has been very very uh, successful and I spoke to him uh, this morning purposely wanting to try and get a quote and I said Jim I'm so glad I got you I said look I've got to do an interview please give me what are you saying today Jim he said Martin the euro is um, having terrible problems as we're both well aware it was it was a two-minute conversation, by the way, and I'm going you know, to talk to him again later. But he said, Martin, the euro is in such trouble. I don't see that clearing up any time soon. People are feeling very, very insecure. And I think there will be more and more people buying gold um, as, a, as a hold of, of, uh, of something that they can actually have that's worth potentially something if, if everything comes unraveled. And he says, I don't see that slowing down. And I see it going right through 2000 to $2,500. What we didn't get into is time horizons, but that was his word for today on, on the, the immediate coming prices on gold. Very good. Well, it'll be nice if it happened. Now, um, let's... Uh, I mean, gold is a way of hedging yourself against, uh, against anything. So from there, you see... Uh, property in places like London, Vancouver, New York, which have uh, held up very well as against property in surrounding regions in those countries. Um, you see property as uh, another rich man's hedge. Well, I do, and I think that... Um, well, sorry, I should say prime property. Well, it is prime property, and as you were discussing earlier, that you were involved in something in... Um in Berlin, which, you know, had its downside when it first went amalgamated, but of course the world is finding out on almost a daily basis that Germany is very, very strong at the moment and would appear to be getting stronger all the time and flexing its muscles. But Absolutely. Just to quickly uh, put listeners up to scratch with that, there's a, there's a, uh, I'm involved in a German property fund and, you know, Berlin property prices have been pretty stagnant for a long time and suddenly in the last six months or so there are really discernible rises, 20, 30 percent. It's very hard to find stuff at below market value and it would seem that the Germans, the locals, are moving out of their government bonds and out of their euros and into property. Well, that's coming back again to where we started now with the properties in London, Vancouver, Sydney. These prices are still going up. And those people are exceptionally rich because the world gets smaller every day and the world gets richer every day. And people are trying to find somewhere, some hedge against uh, uh, all of the uh, uh, awful things and tectonic things that are going on in the world at the moment. And they've been buying property. But those same people are so powerful and they've got so much money in such concentrated small hands, which of course is c causing its own kinds of problems, but they want a hedge too, and they are making conscious decisions to take, let's use a number, 10% of their personal worth and putting it into hard gold and delivering, taking delivery on that gold. And that in itself, just that one comment, is causing and will cause, I believe, in the future for gold to keep going until we have some sort of a letting off of the pressure. But then, if you go back to the Bible, gold was first mentioned in uh, Genesis uh, and uh, as something you wanted to own for, 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 you know, for, for prosperity. 
And, you know, and I was in um, a place called, I think it was Rawlington, up in the uh, Cotswolds uh, uh, last weekend, and they've got a circle of stones there that were three and a half to 4,000 years old, and I'm sure if there was any which way that they could get their hands on some gold, they'd be holding it back then too. I'm sure they had some other metals and things, but I'm making the point of saying, a bit like the Chinese, when they buy a property, particularly the Chinese people and their philosophy, they don't buy a property because they want to sell it in 10 years' time. They buy a property because they want to pass it down to the to their children and their children's children. And, you know, you see properties standing empty for months on end, but they don't care because they know in the, in the long term it's going to work out. Well, I think you could probably use that. It, the, the, the peaks and valleys are a lot more than dramatic than real estate, but in the long run, I think you could, there's a very good argument that gold very much holds its value. Over... over our whole existence well absolutely no doubt about that now um, let's talk about uh, let's move on from property and and, um, there are so many tensions in the world at the moment and um, we were were talking about some of these religious tensions government tensions why don't you just uh, outline some of your thoughts there I mean they are ultimately bullish for gold I I think you've got well you know very careful here what what the broadcast is all about but um, I think with the differences of opinion in those arenas, particularly regarding religion, um, I don't, especially and when you factor in communication being to the strength and the speed that it's moving right now, and we keep seeing evidence over and over again of that, I think the combination of that, as I always say, communication brings its own kind of load. You know, um, I don't see things slowing down at all. In fact, we're going to have to have, there's going to have to be some, and there will be some showdowns with these differences of opinion, and that in itself just causes unbelievable, uh, teutonic is the, is the word, just to, I've never seen in my lifetime, and my parents did, uh, with the Second World War and the First World War, and unfortunately, we are getting, if there was a, if there was a scale of, yeah. of, 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 of you know, uh, percentages of scale of problems. I think we're probably, you know, on a 12-hour clock, you know, we're probably, that that clock is registering right up at 11.30 right now. I mean, you know, five years ago, it was probably 10.30 or 10 o'clock or something. Well, I think that we're we're in a danger zone, and hence why you've got things like gold and silver um, having these... um, tremendous uh, pressures put on them on, a, on an upside swing yeah. it will change it will come off but who knows is it going to be five years is it going to be two years I don't know but I think for the immediate future it's not it's not gonna it's not gonna come down anytime soon I don't think of any great magnitude okay and hedging uh, my bets ladies and gentlemen hedging my bets you <laughs> talked about technocrats in government as well why don't you outline your thoughts I, well I just think that any time that you've got what's starting to happen all over the world now where you've got uh, unelected governments being elected as you have in Greece as you have in Italy um, and arguably there's an argument to be said I wouldn't say unelected but you've got a you know uh, um, the conservatives and the liberals going together there in um, in Great Britain itself and you've got the uh, obviously the um, the you have a very powerful unelected civil service. Yes, you know, and and you could start to look all over the world on that comment. And it it, it it in itself, even though technocrats are supposed to be able to run things better than the elected governments, you do you, it does uh, in its own way bring weakness, and weakness of course causes its own sorts of problems. 
and you, certainly breeds indecision. Indecision, and you've got that you've got that ongoing cycle of problems. And uh, uh, and it's great to say you know technocrats would do a a better job. Well, maybe they would on paper, the same way that Marxism probably works on paper, but in reality, it yeah. doesn't work. So it's not. I, I'm not trying to doom and gloom here. Uh, for one second, I'm too much of a positive thinking, and I enjoy this life so much. But I think that. Um, what is it somebody said in that book, uh, Mark Stein said in his book, that he thinks about 10, ten years' time or, or less, we'll all be looking to live in New Zealand, you know, the, after America, his latest book, which is highly controversial, but uh, some of the facts and figures in there scare the pants off you, especially regarding civil servants and what they get paid and how that seems to be getting out of hand, in, in particularly in North America at the moment. But, you know, um, there are no easy answers, and I think it's only time is going to take its own course, and... There's also that saying of Robert Friedland's where he says money flows where it finds the least resistance. Well, I think at the moment money's flowing into gold. I wouldn't say it's the least resistance, but it's probably one of the safest havens that people uh, are looking for and taking physical delivery where they can if things really get out of hand, you know. All right. Well, Martin, thank you very much for your time, and it's been a real pleasure talking to you, and I hope you're right about your predictions for next year. I hope, uh, finally, the, the gold price will filter <laughs> through into the mining companies and we see a lot of mergers, takeovers, acquisitions, and all the rest of it. I think that's potentially highly likely. Highly likely. What was, let me quickly ask you, in, in your 35 years in this business, or however many years it is, what was the, what was the worst bear market? Oh, uh... 1980 for me. Uh, I just got in the business, uh, neophyte, and um, <laughs> I think gold went from 80 to eight. Uh, oil went from 80 to eight, which was a bit of a wake up. And uh, interest rates were hitting 21 and a half percent in Canada. I was in Canada at that time, and you know that was a unbelievable difficult era, especially the early 80s, because you know in the stock business and shares and financing of companies, why would people put money into anything when they can get 21.5% in the bank? And then, of course, the price of oil was great for industry eventually coming down that, that low, but it took a, a while for it, of course, to help industry in its own way, but that was probably singularly the worst time in memory, and I'd only just got in the whole of the business early 80s. Which was worse for junior resources, 2008 or Brex? post Brex, I should say? <laughs> um... Post Brex was um, was bad because it was um, it was a, a very 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 severe punch to the solar plexus and was very very sharp and very very painful. Um, it took a good two years before you could kindle anything really in resource at that time. Um, I can't remember, and I'd be lying if I thought I could tell you what the base metals were doing at that time. Uh, I wouldn't know, um, and maybe they were. They perhaps weathered the storm better, but as far as gold, of course, and that's why Canada. Probably, was, that, was that when you swore never gold? Well, that's when Canada Canada came up with some of the strongest. Um, 1997, that was I think. Canada came up with um, well, some of the in the in the world today, some of the most stringent laws, as they should be, by the way, um, for uh, gold. And you know, I swore I'd never ever play in a gold stock again. Yes, it was probably around that time when I went in the entertainment financing business for a little while, but yeah, you know, um, uh, that was probably when I made those statements. Much probably similar, perhaps not quite as uh, vocal, but Jim probably said something along those lines when he got out of Galahad and said, that's it, it's done for a while. But he was back pretty, you know, three or four years later, he was back, much like myself.
<laughs> very good, very good. Well, Martin, do you want? Do you have a website? Would you like to give out your website address? No, I just uh, no, I just my business is Element and Associates, which is um, uh, it just says what we don't do and it says what we do do, and it uh, it really uh, uh, is a what they call electronic business uh, address. It just tells you how it is and how it works, and you see my ugly mug there. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Martin Elements, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, and uh, come again and talk to us in a few months' time. Let's see how we go. Yes. Invite me to the two-minute club again. I love that. Okay, I will do. Martin Elements, thank you very much. Subscribe to the Gold Money newsletter at www.goldmoney.com to receive email updates on new articles, videos, and iTunes podcasts from our Gold Research section.